0: Welcome to the FPA podcast. I'm Ben Marshall. I'm the head of policy, strategy, and innovation. And I'm really excited today that the topic of today's podcast is technology. We're going to talk FinTech. We're going to talk innovation. We're going to talk RegTech. We're very lucky today to have Samantha Clark from Advice RegTech with us today. Um, And I'd like to introduce Sam. Sam, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your company?
1: Hello, my name is Samantha Clark. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Advice RegTech, which has the compliance technology solution called SAMI, which stands for Supervision and Monitoring Intelligence. And it's my pleasure to be here today with Ben on the FPA podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Welcome to the FPA podcast, Sam. We've known each other for quite a while. I, I came to the FPA and, and the policy role, and you were in a similar kind of position at AFA. So I thought I might just ask you quickly, do you miss policy? Can you talk to us a bit about what you did over at the AFA and where you've pivoted to now?
1: I really enjoyed the time in policy because, oh. as you know as well, it's like really exciting being on the bleeding edge of every discussion with the parliamentarians and lobbying on behalf of the, the industry of financial planners to make sure that the outcomes are the best for the planners, the consumers and, um, you know, really work for society as well and keep raising the professionalism of, of our industry. Yep. So yeah, I absolutely miss missed that part of it but as you know it's like super crazy hours and lots of interesting characters with very different opinions you know across all spectrums of uh of politics so um uh, kudos to to you and, and dante and the team for for all the work you've uh, you, you've done over the last few years i've been out of that side of the industry that that said i've moved now as you know into the regulatory technology side so i've used all of that um Uh, knowledge and insights around the the legislation and the regulations and the the insights that are important for raising the professional of our industry and ensuring best interest duty to consumers and bake that into technology to help improve the cost or lower the cost of advice, improve the efficiency for planners and enable the industry to be much efficient and actually comply by design rather than be burdened by all of these. Uh, requirements and obligations that are an everyday part of our industry.
0: I love the technology play because it helps me get my head out of 300 pages of legislation (laughs) and regulation and all the changes going on. And so I love that you've kind of pivoted from this advocacy role that we had and, and thinking about the future to how do we get real solutions on the ground to, to financial planners to make that real difference in their clients' lives. And I think that's, hopefully that's why we get on so well is because we've, we've both got this interest in technology and, and advocacy. In making the pivot to technology and away from, from advocacy, because that's what we're here to talk to you about today, how do you see technology, both as an enabler of assisting planners provide more efficient advice, more engaging advice to consumers, but also as a disruptor of that financial advice process? What have you observed going into the technology side of things?
1: It's been really interesting, especially over the last few years, we've all been impacted by COVID times. And that's actually been a huge boost, I think, for, well, for everyone in society to actually learn how to use technology better, you know, like how many uh, parents and grandparents out there had never heard of Zoom. And now all of a sudden, they're like video meeting experts. And so I think now technology is just pervasive. It's a little bit like Google Maps has become in, you know, navigating and, and getting places in your car. So, you know, in the old days when, um, you know, the parents and grandparents used to have debates in the car around how to get somewhere and to open up the odd Gregory's roadmap, you know, these days it's just embedded and part of what you do to get where you need to go. So same with technology in our industry. So it's becoming an embedded part of Enabling the efficiency of fact-finding and developments of the statements of advice and complying with the obligations and at the regulatory technology and making sure that the vets of the files, all of the advice files, not just the SOA, but all of the elements have been cross-checked and made sure that they're compliant by design at the vet stage before they even get issued to consumers to really save on that really time wasting right out of having to deal with issues and remediation after the event much better to get it right first time so technology is i guess become an absolutely critical and more important part of everyday planners lives and it has been a little challenging i think for some groups to kind of go oh gosh this is a bit of bit of a cost or a bit of a hassle or a bit of a time to learn new skills just like with any anything new But really quickly over the last year, we've seen so many people just embrace this and see, oh, this is so much a better way because they're not dealing with all of the audits and the remediation and the corrective actions after the event. They're getting on top of it straight away. The bar is raising. The professionalism we talk about and and really aspired to over the last few decades, really, in the industry is just It's just happening now, thanks to technology. So it's really, really exciting for me to watch. And I'm really passionate about embedding it into just the everyday processes that not just the advisors, their support staff, their AFSL compliance people, the the more traditional old-fashioned auditors as well, are starting to embrace faster, better, more efficient ways of doing things. Traditional technology platforms are are starting to uh, embed more time-saving and integrated aspects and, you know, the, the best technology companies, I'd like to put mine in that as well, <laughs> at Advisory Tech, actually integrate with all of these platforms as well. So I know for us, we're ingesting millions of documents each week, actually. So to know that they're in secure platforms, which is the key, data security and protection of this important data so that consumers and advisors can be very confident that they're getting the compare and the contrast and the, the inbuilt compliance and the compliance vault just as part of how they do business it's almost like they don't need to stress about it it's just embedded in what they do
0: and I like to come back to that as well but I think the essence of what you were saying and and it's probably pertinent again to when we were working together at you were at AFA and I was at FPA when I was sort of making the transition into FPA, the conversation was all about robo advice and the robots are coming to take over our jobs we would be replaced by robo advice consumers were only used technology whereas what we've actually seen over the last 5 6 years is that technology is providing engaging efficient more cost effective solutions to actually facilitate the job of being a financial planner to the client all the way from how do we collect the information to how do we educate clients to how do we produce advice documents to where you specialize in the compliance and the review of the file and making sure that what goes out the door is compliant. Where the worry was, hasn't come to fruition, but but the advantage is taking place, but where the challenge has been is has been the integration point and technology wasn't over the last five years necessarily integrating well together. But from your perspective, how are you seeing that integration piece play out now between the different bits of technology?
1: So, integration is key. So, you know, when any planner or FSL is looking at technology platforms, that, you know, they're wanting to look at those, I'd suggest, that can integrate or are integrated already with other platforms or integratable. So, noted advice reg tech that's a lot of what we do every day. We have integrations that enable. Automatic overnight feeds of data every single night. So when the advisors, uh, you know, the people doing the pre vets, whether they're paraplanners, advisors, self checking, or the compliant professionals in the firms, they know they're getting immediate access to the relevant information on the client file, it automatically filters for the key documents that they need to review and, in many cases, pre-processes those as well. So, yeah, integration is key, but it's not just integration. It's the extra um, processing that that goes around that because it's all about efficiency. So how can firms in our industry uh, tap into these types of technologies, get in and out as quickly as they can and and get on with the business of actually speaking to clients and, and helping to deliver great quality advice to them?
0: And is that where you see the main advantage to FinTech um, and reg tech is is in the efficiency that they can provide to the business or is it somewhere else
1: so yes efficiency but primarily why are we doing all of this right so as an industry we're highly regulated there's you know as, as we've, we've seen in all the recent industry forums you know the, the legislation and, and the acts are being rethought by the higher powers and because it is so complex so the benefit of these technologies is it takes a lot of that com- complexity it bakes it into to prompts and solutions and things to check, so that not everyone has to be like you and me, Ben, and, and carry all of this legislation, um, you know, in, in our heads. That it just bakes it into that technology. So, yes, it's about compliance and quality of advice, but increasingly, as you say, it absolutely is about efficiency as well. Because there's some systems out there that promise efficiency, but if they're not baking in a lot of this, you know, these compliance requirements, well, you know, you can be quick and low quality so you want to be quick and high quality as well
0: Uh, you know so the fpa has some has a lot of resources around fintech and, and technology and designing advice processes out and then finding technology where else are other good places that because you're coming from the other side obviously so you're looking to make sure that people understand that advice reg tech is is there and what it does where are you seeing the engagement that planning businesses can have with FinTech so that they can start to find out what's out there and, and how it might help their business?
1: I own and run with my team, Advice RegTech and our, our SAMI uh, compliance platform. But that said, it's in my DNA to continue to support the whole industry. So I'm very active as an advisory committee member on the RegTech Association. Mm-hmm. So RegTech Australia, uh, run by Deborah. So she and her team of people have some amazing uh, regtech, fintech solutions. So regtech is essentially fintech from a financial planning perspective that is business to business in most cases. So there's amazing directory of fintech regtechs at the Regtech Association, also fintech Australia, fintech Australia, uh, the members there tend to be more coming up with consumer facing solutions, whereas our industry in financial planning really continues to need really good business-to-business solutions that are efficient to to help them both engage with clients as well as run their business. So, yeah, I'd encourage people to look at the RegTech Association as well as the FBA guides, absolutely, of course. And there's great groups out there like, and and again, I'm not in any way... um, uh, you know, getting any benefit from sharing these names, but I've seen over many years of being involved in, in the RegTech Association, that groups like GRC have great compliance training, groups like Arctic Intelligence have amazing, you know, com- compliance training and software that kind of keeps organisation, you know, in, in, in good good state when it comes to, you know, AML and CTF type concerns. Uh, Skyjet is another one on product disclosure statements. So there's some really exciting things, not just related to compliance of advice files, but also as it impacts AML and CTF, and as it impacts the you know the training of how to become you know better at passing the procedure exams, etc. So a lot of great, great firms out there to tap into. Yeah,
0: there is a lot of places to to go to. Uh, the, I think the to your point, the associations are a great place that sort of amalgamates different bits of technology. To your point, RegTech's probably more focusing on on compliance and the delivery of advice. The FinTech Association, as you said, is probably a little bit more consumer-focused solutions there. But there are a lot of great resources around how you can find technology. What are businesses that you're working with doing really well in, I mean, not just identifying your business as a good place to, a good solution to use, but What are you seeing good businesses do to identify that they need a technology solution, find the right technology solution, and then make sure the technology solution is embedded into their advice process and their business well so that they're not spending money on technology that doesn't do what they need it to do and, and is effectively just a waste of money for the business versus those businesses that don't do that kind of preparation and don't get themselves ready and therefore buy technology and they become disappointed and jaded by the whole process.
1: So we're finding the, the firms that actually get the most benefit out of technology usually have dedicated uh, commitment to this. So it doesn't necessarily mean full-time roles committed to testing these types of, you know, retech and fintech technologies, but it means a person who actually has that as part of their job description or deliverables for the quarter or the half year or the year to um, both on the IT side as well as the business side. So usually um, we find the best engagements are those where the CEO or the chief operating officer are involved in assessing and doing due diligence across a number of like type vendors and then as a result of that they then prepare a short list on certain criteria and you know you want to look for and you've got lots of resources on this as well in, in terms of what to look for in, in a vendor but experience and substance and not just someone that's you know come, come to you with via a sales effort to get you to try something so Look for those that are respected and experienced in their space and in their niche. I'd say don't always default to assuming that the big guys know best, actually, because we're finding in this industry, there's a lot of, like an advice, a lot of specialist areas of expertise that as long as they integrate well with each other. And that's increasingly not a concern to worry about, but just check in with them again to make sure that they integrate well. If they're specialist to what they do, you want to get the best of the specialists, I'd say. So we're finding a lot of firms these days are not, whereas in the past I might have defaulted to the big firm, better the devil you know. These days the smart firms are going, well, who are the, the best providers to help solve whatever the business pain point is that's critical for that particular AFSL? And then they just make sure they they all link together. So, all you know, they require those vendors to link together with minimal effort from their part. Also to go through the the pilot process as well. So I'd suggest, you know, if you are going to do a pilot with any particular technology firm, be willing to um, put some contribution towards that. Because, you know, of course, if something's free, you're not going to get the best outcome usually, because if People aren't being paid, just like on the advice side as well. So if you, as an advisor, if you value your services, then people should expect to pay for that initial setup and testing. Also look for in a a pilot type arrangement you're doing with any uh, vendor or vendors. Make sure that they are designed to not just be used for that pilot period and then thrown away and you have to restart. During the, the pilot, if you're committed to these types of technology solutions, require of your technology companies that they build a solution that, that can then be turned on as soon as they're ready to move it into the production phase. And and I know that's what we do at Advice Rec Tech. So we, we approach all of our pilots as essentially a pre-production effort so that as soon as the AFSLs are ready to, to uh, commit ongoing, then they've got a, a production-ready solution that they can implement easily into their business in an integrated way. And
0: I think for members who are you know, thinking about looking at technology solutions, one of the resources we did make available was a FinTech Buyers Guide and Checklist, which we actually worked with technology providers primarily on because they were also on the other side seeing financial advice businesses coming and saying, oh, I would love this piece of technology, but when they went to implement it, it just didn't work. So it's a really good resource there for for members to be using. And I think one of the other things from the conversation I've had with members over the years is where they've actually sat down and mapped out their advice process Mm. and their business processes and have those well documented. It's much easier to identify where there is a pain point and where there is a piece of technology that will provide a solution to that pain point rather than just going, I don't like doing this bit and so I'll buy a piece of technology to do it. But in fact, that's actually not the problem in the business and that's not where where the biggest bang for buck is actually going to come from.
1: Right on, and and engage the just like with any good project, engage the stakeholders across mm. the business. and so and it's actually quite surprising some of the insights we've found. So, you know, in the early days, a number of years ago, you know, we'd be engaging with uh, the chief technology people in a business as well as the uh, chief compliance people, whereas these days, increasingly, because this technology is so usable right it's it's in the hands for self-checks by advisors and the paraplanners when they're creating the advice and so that's really exciting and it's great actually for the the compliance and technology people because they then don't have to even worry about auditing a lot of stuff unless it's escalated to them it's actually uh, kind of handled at, at source pretty much
0: change management becomes a lot easier within the practice or the business as well because they get excited about yeah using the technology.
1: That's so true. And, you know, in, in I remember in the early days, some planners would be going, oh, I don't want to be doing like, you know, compliance checking. I've got a compliance for that, right? Whereas now they're going, oh, this is fantastic. I, now, now I get it, right? And so that's putting on my old policy hat, right? It's really exciting when it just becomes the muscle memory of, well, of, of of course, that's important to cover off, you know, certain points around the best interest duty. And it just becomes just part of the obvious knowledge and professional knowledge set of, of every planner. And that Serves those planners really well with their clients mm-hmm. as well. So, we're finding the groups they're using uh, reg tech type technology are actually the ones that are growing the fastest as well, which is like really exciting.
0: So, just getting back to the preparing for picking the piece of technology and then choosing the right ones, mm-hmm. what are some of the really good questions that financial planning practices? come and ask you when they're preparing to to use advice reg tech but so so what are the good questions what are the good bits of information they're actually that you go yeah that's a really good question that i'd be asking as well and i've got the answer ready but (laughs) yeah here's, here's, here's the right things to be thinking about
1: well, I think I can tell those that have read the FPA uh, guide as to questions to ask, which is fantastic. So, you know, um, it's true. On the technology side, we really love it when people come to these conversations prepared and with knowledge as well. And the ones I particularly like are those that have tried a few others, and then they come to us because they they hear good things about us. So, you know, at Advice Rec Tech, we don't have salespeople. We work on referral basis only so we deal with high quality compliant businesses because as you know you know having dealt on the policy side before so there's a, a large spectrum of groups in our industry and it's just more pleasurable and viable for our business to deal with that the high quality and so we we find that with the types of questions they ask as well so how expert and experienced are you in this particular space? So when you when you talk about the spectrum of the advice process and what pain point they're trying to solve for, I suggest that they need to ask around, well, you know, what's your experience? Do you have client references in that space? You know, what's your data security approach as well. And I love it when people ask us for our information security policies. And we've got like hundreds of pages of this, because that's absolutely key, or well, should be absolutely key for any technology business as well. So you don't just want to look at the, the front end and how this, any technology works from a user experience perspective. You want to dig deeper to understand, well, what are the Uh, data security information security protocols what are the experience and feedback from other users who are actually using this in production not not you know just on the oh yeah I've seen it on a you know webinar or heard about it on a podcast or something I think they're the most important questions privacy security and usability
0: and I think with the, you know, the, the trend that we're seeing with everything being hacked and cybersecurity being such an important consideration for the government, for regulators and something that they're really, really looking strongly at. I mean, we've seen licenses removed because of, of technology issues and cybersecurity issues in, yeah. and, and massive fines coming through. So particularly when you're dealing with clients' sensitive financial information making sure that the security at the back end is critically important. And to your point, even more so than the the look and feel of the software. You can always find solutions for usability, but it's really hard to get the security bit right. I appreciate your focusing on on reg tech and and in particular the audit file compliance process. But what are some of the other exciting bits of technology or trends that you're seeing are around financial advice at the moment that you might be integrating with and seeing uh, develop?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So as as we've all experienced, um, you know, video forms of communication, video meetings is more common. Uh, these days. So, we're finding that it's quite common that uh, our software, and I'm sure others as well, are uh, being involved in screen shares. So, and actually recording the coaching session, for example, which is absolutely not just a technology, but it's the whole multimedia experience of the, in our case, the advice file review with the planner, the reviewer. And so, it's the same with the uh, planners to consumers as well. So, increasingly, video meetings we're, we're finding and hearing are uh, just absolutely more common way and and actually required way in these COVID times to be considered and embraced as part of the way of doing business. And personally, I think that's really exciting because it means that advice is more accessible to a lot of people that in the past haven't felt as comfortable coming and even though it, most of the planners I know are very approachable people, you know, there's a number of consumers as we know out there and especially the, the females and perhaps the older females as well that feel a little daunted by the whole financial planning process, whereas this type of modern uh, video technology approach is, is a very safe and comfortable way for a, a lot of consumers that hadn't felt as engaged in financial advice before to to really understand the importance of financial planning and the benefits they can
0: get planners used to be geographically niche because mm-hmm. you could really only see the people who are five to ten kilometers from you because that was as far as anyone was willing to to really travel whereas you can find the best financial planner in in the country and and engage with them now so
1: That's fantastic. Same also we're finding with staff as well. And so flexible ways of working. So we're finding we're dealing with a lot of firms that have arrangements where they've got, you know, flexible um, work arrangements with their, either their suppliers, so they might have a power planning supplier that's not, you know, actually in office or was, you know, maybe previously in office Mm -hmm. is now remote as well and so these types of technology tools and platforms just enable 24 7 work to happen whenever suits both the the workers as well as the the clients and the planners as well so we're finding there's a lot of flexibility and productivity benefits from from B two B technology all around. Uh, the other thing we've really noticed, and there's such a, a fantastic move, I think, for consumers as well, that uh, digital consent is becoming more common and accepted. And I know the uh, the regulations and and so on are, are catching up with that as well. But th- that's almost a requirement in this time because it's so difficult to get like w- wet signatures and back and forth mm-hmm. in 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 kind of tiny situations. So time, we're finding with the monitoring of time-critical advice and all of those really practical things involved with also COVID-related checks as well, all of that is much more efficiently actioned, you know, thanks to technology tools. So yeah, a number of things, video platforms, digital consents, fact finds that automatically feed into the SOA plans, the use of video tools embedded in any of these technologies at, at, at any stage, whether it's at the planning stage and all the compliance checking stage as well so both b2c and b2b
0: very good and i um, mean I'll, I'll put a shout out for the consumer data right as well i think we're just on the tip of that really kind of taking off on the advantages of that but when you talk about fat find information going directly through into into modeling software and then to advice being able to automatically collect all the information on a live and ongoing basis i think something really exciting for members to to start to keep an eye on
1: absolutely Um, and actually anything digital so i know that you know in the past we used to involve the scanning of a number of kind of like handwritten physical documents these mm -hmm. days it's increasingly more data feeds and so the checks are much more efficient and cost-effective groups as
0: well and i mean i would encourage members to to also think about, you know, if you're doing all this good work on digitizing your advice process on the way in, it'd be really good to think about digitizing your advice process on the way out as well. So don't be looking, you know, you, you do a video video meeting with a client and you you show them modeling by sharing screens with them and and educating them that way. Don't generate it into a A4 paper based SOA. It's it's time to move, it's time to move away from that. So getting to the other side, and I guess what you specialize on in particular, Sam, the, you know, the, the compliance side of things, how is technology improving, you know, making sure that planners are, are complying with all their reams and reams and pages and pages and hundreds and hundreds of regulations and laws and, and things? What, what kind of solutions are sitting there in that reg tech space to, to make sure that, that advice is going out in a compliant way?
1: So increasingly, the, 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 the modelling and the SOA generation tools are becoming more integrated and embedding elements of compliance in them. That said, all of us in, in governance know that you need to have the checks and balances. So you don't want the tool that's generating the advice to, to be the tool that's saying it's compliance. So, and, and especially once advice is issued to clients, sometimes it's, it's different to what's actually gone into these modelling tools as well. So Have your checks and balances, make sure that there's a separation between your your generation tools and your pre-vet and compliance and audit tools as well, which is very easily done thanks to the the compliance checking as well. So we find the best tools are agnostic or or independent from any of those uh, generation and and source tools for factfind and SOAs and all the rest. So yes, absolutely look for those that say they've got embedded compliance and regulations in them, but also look for the separation for Governance perspective. Uh, the other we're finding is that, as I mentioned, a lot of this is being used at the, the pre vet and the advisor self check basis. So it's, it's becoming just a daily part of what ad- advisors and their support staff do when they're preparing their advice for consumers as well to run it through these checks before it's issued to consumers. We're seeing it's fantastic, so exciting to see that in the last few few years we've had compliance rates of, and we generally deal with the better ones, but compliance rates of, you know, Mm -hmm. around the 90% these days, thanks to these tools, it's generally 95% and above, and they self-correct and they get it right before it's issued. So it's really, um, really exciting to see the value that's actually um, achieved and actually the risk mitigation that's, delivered and knowing that the advice is going out as high quality compliant advice. The other things to look out for, I'd say the best tools have embedded FPA code references and FASIA references, as well as Corporations Act and Regulatory Guides and TASA. So I know the semi compliance software has, has all of those elements e- embedded in it and also stay current and up to date with the new uh, requirements, you know, mandatory breach and, um, you know, DEO and Tiger Market and all of the rest as well.
0: For two points, I think that's important. Number one is, you know, you just, as a planner, you just sleep better at night knowing that your file's been checked and your SOA has been checked before it goes out to the client and you know it, it ticks all the boxes and meets the compliance. You don't have that same stress and panic when it gets to audit time each year because you know you've been <laughs> through a process that that helps you make sure that when it when somebody does have a look at the file, it's more about coaching and, and mentoring and where are there some improvements you can make in your client engagement process rather than have you, is this a compliant file? Have you breached anything? Have you broken the law? But I think the other benefit is, and, and you know, there's been a lot of conversation about this. You know, Africa has come out and said there are very, very, very few consumer complaints coming through in financial advice and where there are they're mainly finding in the favour of the planner because the files are compliant. And, and ASIC is saying the same and the government is saying the same from the results of, of all these reviews going on is that we are complying. And these sort of tools are, are um, um, you know, Sammy being one of them and, uh, from Advice RegTech, are, are, you know, important in changing that narrative about the trust and the professionalism of financial advice because we can now do this. This checks in real time on the way spot,
1: out. So, spot on, and, and not just that. So now that, as an industry, where you know we're we're getting over that um, perception gap, I guess that the mm. um, you know the politicians and others had around the professionalism and the the quality of the output of our industry. And as you said, that's been um, uh, validated, I guess, by AfCA and the complaints. Mm. Um, but also, we're finding increasingly. Because all of these reviews are captured in the compliance vault of these secure systems like SAMI, that it enables better conversations. We're finding with the Um, PI insurers Mm. and so and also when it comes to the look back or the external audit reviews it's just like well all the record keeping's in order all of the files been reviewed yes if someone's missed something in a note or a a check of a document well that's a much simpler quicker more efficient and cost effective exercise than just like getting your, your tax files in order ahead of time right than having to start from scratch and and cobble together all of the information so we're finding there's so much peace of mind from these AFSLs knowing that all of these millions of files that we've got, all these millions of files are, are, are kept in the compliance vault, ready at a moment's notice for confirmation that everything's in order, or for you know quick correction if if that's required.
0: Just as we're finishing up here, what are your top fintech tips, and and why are those your tips?
1: Mm. Top fintech tips. So think of fintech and regtech regulatory technology as a tool to help the efficiency and effectiveness of your business processes, as well as your the ability to think of it as an opportunity to actually reduce the overall cost of advice, as well as at the same time having um, business productivity benefits for your business, as well as um, giving you that peace of mind with consumers and also for if and when uh, the regulators come knocking that you've got everything in order. So look for those that that are experienced in what they do. Uh, Go through a process of doing um, uh, comparative due diligence on the various vendors in this space. Don't just be um, attracted to, you know, bright, shiny sales, Uh, presentations actually dig into, well, what's the the substance and the experience and the background of of the vendors you're dealing with? Do they truly understand the financial planning sector and the issues that we all face on the the regulatory, uh, legislative and the, you know, the political perception environment as well? Um, Go through a pilot project and an approach and approach it with um, a commitment to try to make that as uh, um, effective as it can be with an eye on um, moving towards implementation after that if everything's successful because, you know, everyone wants to use their time wisely, um, you know, in, in this industry because there's so much to cover and uh, put the effort, I'd say, put the effort into interrogating your fintechs and text and ensuring that it's not just a set and forget solution they're giving you, that it's something that continues to be upgraded and updated to suit the changing needs and changing regulations and requirements. Because, you know, one thing we know is a constant in this this sector, it's change. And you want to be with technology providers that can um, adapt very quickly and, and understand the importance of key items to our industry, not just Be technology experts, they need to be industry experts as well.
0: I think it's really easy to try and just add a new layer of rules or new layer of compliance onto your existing process, But, but stepping back and actually thinking about what is the intent of this? What are we actually trying to achieve here? What are we trying to actually check and take a fresh look at that is often much more important. I think when you're working with somebody who has that focus, from their technology solution perspective, then you're gonna get a much better outcome. Sam, it was phenomenal to catch up with you today. As I said, I, I miss our engagement at the AFA and, and the work we did together. And I think we managed to, we actually managed to achieve a lot um, working together back, back in the days, but I'm even more excited to see what you've developed over at Advice Tech and the solutions um, you've got. I know that the members who've, who've met up with you at FPA congresses in the fintech zone and, and had conversations with you have, have learned a lot and, and, and are, are using your amazing solution. So I'd encourage everyone to have a look at what Sam and her team are doing over at Advice RegTech. But um, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your insights. It's been a great conversation here on the FPA podcast.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.